the Death by DVD COVID-19 Quarantine Special, Part 3, Resident Evil Retribution and Resident Evil The Final Chapter. T-Virus had a myriad of applications, treating a thousand different diseases. Overnight, it seemed a new era was dawning. A world without the fear of infection, sickness, or decay. But it was not to be. For the T-Virus had certain unforeseen side effects. Satellites show there are 4,472 humans remaining on the surface of the Earth. They will cease to exist in under 48 hours. Welcome back to episode three of our quarantine special, the Resident Evil series. Re- Resident? Resident? Did I even say it right? It doesn't matter. I'm Alexander Nash, and I got Hank with me here. You'd think it would be residents. I mean, there's a lot more than just one evil. There's there's a lot of things going on. It's a, it's a massive world here. Yeah, I'm Hollywood Hank, the world's greatest. Welcome to Death by DVD. Day three of quarantine. I guess we should have planned for a longer quarantine, but whatever. Whatevs. And we're going to finish out the Resident Evil series with uh, the fifth and sixth films. All in 3D, which makes them that much fucking worse because there's just an excuse to have horrible, stupid, terrible action scenes. Uh, so with the fifth one, we open with the uh, a reverse battle scene of Alice and all the survivors fighting the Umbrella Troopers and their flying machines. Six minutes. And it's, it's like really... six minutes long. It's not even a reasonably short reverse back and forth. It just oh, it doesn't takes forever. stop at all. It's nagging. It's like a fucking hangnail. It just doesn't go away. Well, and after all that shit is wrapped up, which is basically a credit sequence, um, we get into the plot of the film, which is what the fuck is going on? Because it's all of a sudden it's a suburban town because we want to do the uh, the Don the Dead uh, 2005 thing and have a suburban area getting taken over by zombies. Alice is not Alice anymore. Carlos is back. She has a kid. What the fuck is going on? And basically what we find out is, hey, more clone bullshit. Because Umbrella has a giant underground facility that has literal full cities in bubbles so they can run different sequences of how outbreaks would happen in Tokyo or Russia or hey this is an excuse so we can have a bunch of different places to have fight scenes in like we can have Russian military zombies and we can have uh, fighting Tokyo zombies Uh, one of the things that I thought was more baffling is what is this the fourth or fifth fucking complex how many underground complexes throughout the world does Umbrella have And this is the Tokyo one, right? So this is where we were left off with Wesker previously. And now we're entering to this all new, uh, it's a new Wesker, and it's even more powerful than before. He's infected with some strain of Alice's blood, because that's what we've discerned from Alice, is her blood as a carrier of the T-virus is unique to anyone else's as it melds with it instead of 
uh, degrading with it and becoming a zombie. So everyone's after Alice at this point, and nobody else, uh, none of her affiliates matter. It does not, like, Chris is gone. Um, Jill has finally returned, and again, as we mentioned, she's blonde and a villain and is working for Umbrella. Do we get, is this where Ada Wong is introduced? I th- yeah, I think so. Because this one is, like, a giant fucking mess to me, because the concept of having, like, it's it's fun, it is fun to have different, like, fight sequences in different cities all across the world, and, like, kind of really expand the idea of it, but to set it in these, like, weird bubble stations in an underground is patently fucking ridiculous. How you could even craft anything like this or build anything like this underground is goddamn stupid as fuck. Um, and this one has zero plot other than to go to these different cities, quote-unquote, to have fight scenes. But Alice all of a sudden wants to rescue a little girl. They well, basically put plot. her that, that's what you in here to... Is Alice rescuing that girl? Is the is the derived plot? Of Who's a you... clone? So who gives yeah. a fuck? Well, I referenced this on one of the other uh, quarantine episodes. Is Ripley. is just an absolutely ridiculous, useless plot device. Is her going after this kid? And, uh, and the Kmart character, I think, is completely dismissed. That that's the one that was released on the boat, and we never get to see again. That was taken by Umbrella. So now we have somebody that's a, a clone set up for one of these cycles, and that's what like there's what there's a. Uh, the hometown USA, the Kremlin, Japan, and then New York City, and they go through all these different cycles with different styles of uh, plague and virus that's released, and what they do is clone multiple different types of people. There's a bunch of different styles. One's the Alice. Everyone that's worked for Umbrella pretty much has given their DNA to be used as one of these devices, and you either become an infected or you're a civilian. What's more bizarre is, so this finishes, the the... Each time that they, and they do this to train people to see how the bioweapons are being used, to see uh, what further developments they need to create. So they kind of have a purpose, but when they finish, everything is cleaned up and it restarts, and the street's completely empty, and you go through the whole scenario again. But when we're introduced to Hometown USA and Alice is going through it, she encounters survivors. So there's surviving clones that for some reason weren't purged. So if all the zombies are cleaned up every single time, why are there still survivors? Why is there a good rain running around? She hid in the closet. A... Well, yeah, there's a, she was in a car wreck. So there's now a good Michelle Rodriguez. And I had mentioned on the very first episode to pay attention to some character names because they're going to return. Rain comes back. Number one comes back. All of uh, um, You mentioned Oded Ferrer. Um, Carlos's character, he comes back twice. He's a loving character, and then he's a member of a hit squad that is now coming after everybody that hasn't been cleaned out. Despite that, the infection is reset every single time somebody uses the training facility. So why the fuck are there survivors? I'm baffled as to why there would be people left. They can't There's replenish so every time. There's so many clones in this one because we killed off interesting characters that we want to bring back now. So we're just going to clone them and bring them back as new characters, sort of, but kind of like the old character. And it's just a whole bunch of, like, backriding nonsense bullshit, which is what the Resident Evil series ultimately has become at this point. And I will say, like, at the end, the fight scene with uh, Alice and uh, Michelle Rodriguez is really dopey and kind of dumb. But the one cool shot, I thought, in this whole fucking movie is when uh, Michelle Rodriguez breaks through the ice and there are like thousands of zombies swimming up and it's like kind of an interesting pretty cool shot of them like pulling her Almost down it's like okay that's kind of that's thing. kind of an interesting shot it's got kind of a fulci kind of feel to it it reminds you a little bit of zombie 2 yeah so i mean it's 
it's not that there's not things in this movie that aren't interesting or aren't well shot. It's just there's no real point to the story. We just keep dropping in characters, especially characters who are in video games that they know it's a bunch of fan service. They know what the fans want to see it, so let's put let's put it in. Let's put let's put this in. Let's put this in. It's like, well, really, what's the point? What is the fucking point of putting all this in because you don't fill them out. You just go, hi, my name's Leon. Oh, it's the guy from Resident Evil 4. And he does nothing. He just shows up and acts like any other fucking character you put in anything. And just the fact that this underground facility in Antarctica, where the fuck it's supposed to be, it's just, it's all a ludicrous, dopey fucking idea. And Alice gets her powers somewhat back in this one. And I don't know. It's just a complete retcon of the last one. And that's where we're just at. We're just all retconning. Well, it's not even like she gets her powers back. They just kind of neglect that she doesn't have them, but she can still do absolutely everything with them but move things with her mind. She's no longer telekinetic like Carrie. She can't play with fire. So she just is a, a kung fu kick-ass sort of character. And the, one of the most, I guess, upsetting things about it is the ability to actually use these characters, and you still have some like hope, like, well, what's going to happen with Claire? Maybe Chris is going to pop up. Maybe somebody that's been established previously is going to come and save the day. And you, you get the Ada Wong character, which is somebody from uh, the, the very first introduction to Leon Kennedy, and they kind of go hand-in-hand in Resident Evil 2 with the introduction to the Claire Redfield character in the video games. And it's just sort of mindless. Like, Wesker's a good guy, I, I guess. He's helping everything out, and it's just this weird vacant feeling nothing particularly seems to matter at this point uh we're led to believe from the last movie that almost all of society has fallen and it's just a, a very bitter awful wasteland but yet they're still able to find guys like leon and barry burton and luther that they where did they find where did him? they even come from yeah uh, <laughs> the last time we saw him he was coming out of a tunnel after uh, getting into a scrape with some zombies and was looking out at the ocean liner so how did he even get involved into this outside of the fact that they're just bringing back people for the sake of a loose continuity to hope you'd be entertained by the, the factor that these characters are returning, which doesn't work because now you're starting to dislike Alice. I don't give a shit what happens to her. I don't know which Alice she is. When you're given that ninja fight with nine different ones, who even survives? Is this the Alice that survived? Is even Alice at this point? She might be like the, your twelfth clone. Who fucking knows? Exactly. I mean, because you go from part two when she dies and she's cloned. What happens after that? Where where is Alice in this timeline? Because we're presented with so different, so many different versions of her. It doesn't even fucking matter who the character is. Her amnesia from from part one has never left. So what's even the point of this character? Who do I have hope for? I guess Luther. He's the only person now left that you kind of want to survive. And guess what? He don't. Most people don't in this in this whole stupid series because after we're done with this one, which ends with a, again, ends with an incredibly cool idea of them like making it to the White House and apparently Wesker's a good guy or something. Well, hold on, wait, we, and... we neglected to bring up that Wesker gets blown up with a nuclear device in the movie before this. That he gets blown the fuck up with a nuclear weapon and there is absolutely no explanation when he comes back. The first time he appears in this movie is via telecommunication in the Umbrella facility and it's like, you got blown the fuck up. You got completely decimated. There is no chance that the T-virus or whatever could regenerate your body or your cells. You got blown up. There was nothing left. You, you made the notion that it was like a five megaton nuclear device in one of the uh, previous films, I think part two, uh, some ridiculous number. 
you can't live through that. Fuck it. Wesker's back. He's fine. He has a headache. He's a clown. Who cares? Who cares? He's but at right. the end, it's like Wesker in the White House, and it's all surrounded by zombies and flying fucking Which is great visual things. I'm like, okay, this could be cool. Full-on apocalypse thing. Full-on apocalypse next movie. All right, let's go for it. And what do we do? What does Paul W.S. Anderson do, as he always does in these films? Oh, yeah, I didn't have any way of completing that. So at the beginning of the next film, it's just Alice in the middle of the wasteland again on a motorcycle. Everyone and is dead. You know, everybody dead or something. There was some big fight that, you you, don't, you know, the really cool big fight, you don't get to see that. We're going to just well, kind no of start. there's no fucking explanation. Nobody Again. is given a, a reason as to how they've survived. And, and later on, you find out somehow Claire has made it through all of this. But Alice, again, no power. She has no, well, I'm sorry, you're, you're lied to and told at the end of the last movie that Wesker has reinfected her. So you begin this film with the belief and idea that Alice is super Alice again. So maybe you can suspend a little bit of your thought and, and acknowledge, okay, she lived through this entire White House thing. But how did Wesker get away? How did anything happen? It, it just reformats and start its own very bizarre uh, like Christian anti-Christian agenda sort of thing. I mean, I like that aspect of it and the weird uh, religious Zelo, uh, Dr. Isaac character who's already dead. I mean, again, we're reintroducing a very, very dead character, but it, it's attempting to at least uh, refresh what's going on. Like, I, there was a semblance to it that I felt was sort of strong, and you reintroduce this character and you're acknowledging the clones. This is the specific movie where Alice does uh, her whole you know, monologue at the very beginning and completely disacknowledges part two that part two now is no longer part of the series that you've got like one three four five and you've moved into this uh final act this final act which is dumb as fuck uh, again couple cool scenes the zombies following the tanks pretty interesting when they get to the uh the big ass building where all the survivors are alice gets there and they have the big fight scene it's, it's kind of cool but ultimately the point of this, which is getting back to Raccoon City to get back in the old facility where it all started. And we start like going into like, no, Alice was Red Queen all along. We're retconning that whole fucking thing. She was the Red Queen as a child because she has fucking progeria. And that was the whole point of the T-virus was so she wouldn't have to prematurely get old. So they started cloning her and all this other nonsense garbage. Kind of on point, but the, the, the Red Queen was a, you know, uh, AI computer program that was created in the image of Dr. James Well, Marcus. that's what I mean. Oh, it was Dr. James Marcus's daughter, and he used, uh, she had progeria and used the childlike image of her to, you know, keep her alive and his thoughts and his images, and Alice turns out to be the perfect cloned version of her. So I guess it's the mix of progeria and the T-virus with the clone that allowed Alice to obtain her powers and whatnot, because they try to give what you this whole sympathetic the thing. Fuck. What the fuck are you talking about? What is any of this? This is all just a bunch of like, Hey, we got to wrap this up. Everything since the beginning's been important. And these people are actually these people the whole time. Oh, go suck a dick. That is not what you intended. This is all a bunch of backwriting hey, like Saul was popular and they just kind of fucked with the timeline all the time with that and characters. Let's just do the exact same fucking thing. This guy was always here. Oh, fuck off with that shit. 
Well, that's what I mean by it. It seems like it was written by a group of six-year-olds to 15-year-old boys. You know, oh, well, now she's a psychic, and now she can control power, and now she's naked, and uh, there's going to be a machine gun battle, and now there's going to be ninjas, and and there's zombies, too, and now the zombies can fly, and now there's uh, tentacles. Uh, It's just this weird, uh, just grasping for straws concept of trying to add more and more and more and more, when what you had was already pretty sufficient. You could have followed a, a decent semblance of a story. Now, what I like with where we've gotten to with Alice is uh, they're acknowledging the clone aspect. So there is starting to get some sense to this, but what really uh, bothers me and adds, I guess, a lack of fun is you're expecting me to take the whole ride differently now. So, you know, it it is like an M. Night Shyamalan kind of thing. Well, here's the old trick at the end. Here's the switcheroo. Isn't that great? Well, no. And now you've kind of disregarded everything that has happened. You've made it almost pointless. And and half of the characters and half of these people that died that I was supposed to connect with don't even fucking matter now. You've just taken all of that away. And I guess it's clever. I mean, I I like the aspect that, you know, uh, oh, the Red Queen is... uh, emotional that it can't harm a umbrella employee and you've got sort of those uh, pillars of robocop and then the four commandments that are you know the the three and four secret the fourth secret commandment of robocop and how he can't harm ocp employees and i i like what you did there but again like the wesker character has completely been retconned he's no longer the great villainous master james bond leader of the company it's been a dr isaac constantly cloning himself the old whole time who is a bizarre religious Zelo fascinated with uh, the Old Testament and wiping out uh, the sin of the earth. Uh, what, what, what the fuck? Where, where did all this goddamn come from? I mean, none of this was even, there was not even a political or religious agenda throughout the entire series. There was no nod to it whatsoever. So where was the importance adding it in in 2017? And then dismissing absolutely the Wesker character, the fucking one character that you've kept some sort of constant continuity with throughout the uh, most part of the series. Now, fuck it. It doesn't matter now. Nothing apparently seems to matter by the time you get to the end of Resident Evil. No, none of it fucking matters. And for me, like, the the fight scene where she's, like, they storm the facility, they go inside, and she falls down like a garbage chute or something, ends up in a cafeteria and fights some monster or whatever. I could, like, the strobe light actions going on i almost had a fucking seizure it was one of the most poorly shot action sequences i've ever seen in my life because it's just it's just stuff it's just stuff being thrown at she's like who cares if you can tell what's even going on there's action here right movement 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 it's like i have I like this is the bane of my existence are movies like this because it's just it is quite literally movies for fucking dummies it's dog shit that they just like pipe into you through a pastry bag just hey you'll like it i mean it's good enough there's zombies and stuff in it yeah you you like this stuff and i just don't it like it insults my intelligence when people do things like this there's no even continuity to what's happening in the scenes because in one aspect you're led to believe that all the officials that worked for umbrella decided to do this that this was a joint decision and it's odd that they don't acknowledge the character of spencer from the first movie in this because what you're shown in resident evil one is spencer ends up stealing the t-virus and the antivirus and he breaks a vial they use that clip constantly but they never even return to the character somebody that you thought might would have at least shown a light you could have brought back in the last movie to understand why they did this but it's more or less a religious agenda that they're 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 cleansing the earth yeah whatever on this shit <laughs> so all the umbrella officials thousands of thousands of people are kept in these uh cryogenic pods underneath the hive 
So when they go into the hive, it's all cleaned up and it looks great. Then half of it's fucking degraded and dirty and hasn't been touched since the events 10 years ago. And there's bioweapons in it. So how the fuck is Wesker and all of these other people just taken care of and living on one part of the hive? Well, the other part's infected because they don't care what you see. There is no magic to this. And uh, we were discussing on the Rollerball episode the, the uh, ability to show you something on the left side of the screen while something else happens on the right side of the screen and how meticulous and wonderful the sound effects and editing uh, of, of Rollerball's audio uh, truly was. N there's nothing even, like pleasurable out of out of any of this like the gunshots are bland the violence is bland the the acting is bland and the only thing that you're really getting hope on is okay well they're reintroducing the dr isaac's character and that even gets so vague at one point that you don't understand which isaac is the the real one and like you can watch dead ringers and understand which character jeremy irons is playing but at this point does it nothing matter you don't even care what the the ideal product could have been but at the same time I, I like all of it. I, I, I like introducing this odd religious aspect to it and trying to go out with a bang and giving some depth to the characters, but I think it was all the wrong characters. You could have done that with Wesker. You could have even used the original Alice uh, as as this religious, awful Zelo character that was trying to destroy society. Reintroducing somebody that was just not, not even in the last movie or the movie beforehand, but was already clearly established as dead. Like, what is the point? You're just drawing fucking straws here. You could have just made a new character. You could have done the uh, the Dr. James Marcus character instead of flashbacks. Just give somebody new as an evil villain. Fuck, Alfred, or not Alfred, uh, the Ashford character, Charles Ashford or whatever the hell they called him in part two. They could have brought anybody back, but deciding to use the the Dr. Isaac's character I think was the biggest letdown because there's just, there's no believability They don't now. do anything with them. Yeah, there's just They don't nothing. do anything with them. And like, the weird MacGuffin of this whole plot is they can get an antidote for the virus because Umbrella has perceived that every living human being will be gone by this specific time. But until oh, a yeah, thousand people get this like, antidote that will kill all the zombies, like a, like a disease, but it will also kill her. Is she going to sacrifice? Yes, she sacrificed herself. There's no question. And that's shown to you throughout the the entire series. I mean, you've got the last movie where she goes after the dumb clone for no reason just because it could have a life. It doesn't matter that it's just a clone. It could still have a life. And then she's heartbroken and upset finding out that she's a clone in this movie. Well, it wasn't it obvious? I mean, you were cloned in the second movie after you got killed, and you have no memories beforehand. So they've been shoving this in our face. It's it's not necessarily all backwriting. I think there was maybe a little bit of idea behind uh, what Anderson was trying to do, but for the most part, it's just retconning and then replacing people. And and again, like I mentioned with RoboCop, how bad Murphy was as a, as a police officer. So why would you clone and use in your training models the the team that got completely killed? A diseased little girl. <laughs> well, you, they they cloned Rain. They have the the team that failed at isolating and saving the day and helping all of this be avoided. Why are those the people you're cloning? They they were useless in the first place. I even referenced on one of the other episodes that Rain gets bitten four or five times before the first half of Resident Evil's over. They're not good at what they're doing. They're the people that probably should have known karate instead of senselessly giving Mila Jovovich asinine powers that just don't go anywhere. But still, at the end of the goddamn day, I kind of like it. I don't know why. I kind of like part six. Uh, there's just a very weird... Uh, 
I don't even want to say charm. I, 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 I really don't have, I guess, a good idea in my head of but why it, I like this it. This series stopped having charm when they started introducing the 3D. Then it just became jackass, like fucking Matrix style. I mean, it's always been Matrix style action, but that's really everything it became. It just had no semblance of trying to do anything with a plot or story or characters or anything. It was just fight scene to fight scene to cool fucking 3D special effect. And this one is no different. And I, I will give them props for bringing Claire back, although they do almost nothing with her at all other than have her show back up to be like ultimately one of the final survivors of this whole thing. Uh, but I mean, really though, all these, but they don't even give justice over to that. years. All these characters over the years, they're just kind of like, they get killed off. Even like Leon from the last one, where the fuck did he go? Dead? Well, dead I, I'm assuming everyone died in the, the DC strike, which again, like that was cool visuals. It was really amazing what they showed us at the last Resident Evil movie. At the end of part five, that gave you such hope and promise and will that this was going to be just a badass episode. And for the most part, it was completely green screens. There wasn't even a lot of sets. It just gets... Uh, boring and mundane to an extent. There's not anything to to feel. And like you mentioned, uh, letting Claire survive is great, but there's no payoff at the end. They don't do anything with it. The end of the movie is like some fucking road film with Alice driving into New York City and there's a big flyy weird thing that we don't know what the hell that is over top of her. So there's still an infection that she has released. I guess we, we didn't talk about what happens at the end. There's an airborne cure. And long story short, it gets released, but it takes a lot of time because it's airborne. So, you know, it's open door to the, the great adventures of Alice or whatnot, but there's still not even hope received. And, well, what happens to Claire? What about the other survivors? Where are they going? We don't even get to see that there's going to be a future society. How are they going to even rebuild? There's like 25 people left in the world. Well, they they tell you it's something like 4,000s left, uh, or like oh. 4,200, but there's no hope. I mean, you could have shown us somebody gardening or a happy ending that society's going to regrow and people aren't going to let things like Umbrella Corporation exist again, but there's just, nope, Alice is riding into the city and she's going to kick some ass. Ah, uh, that's all she's done. There's so much ass that you can kick that it just gets boring. I mean, fuck, even Conan the Destroyer had some goddamn story to it. Yeah, I mean, it's just, well, I mean, these sto these movies have stories to them, but it's just they don't know what they want to be, and so they and they just keep making a new story each movie that like contradicts the last story. That's the probably the most confusing thing about everything. It's just like you have nowhere to go with this. You just pick up your like your fucking typewriter. I guess that dates me, and um, just write like a whole new iPad. series of like action scenes to have, and like I don't know how we'll get there. That's not important. And I don't know, maybe Alice has been the Red Queen the entire time. So we're retconning that part now. And progeria does not just make you old. It is a crippling disease that you die when you're like 15. You don't turn to an old person. This is not Jack. Well, she had been this infected like... with the virus, too. That she was a, a sample. That her father had used her with... Uh... I mean, because they, they're touching upon what you're shown in part two with the uh, the Ashford daughter character, that he's been using samples of the T-virus on her to give her better quality of life and keep her alive. So they're using that idea, and I guess you're supposed to believe that the original, uh, what was it, Alicia? I think it was Alicia Marcus, was uh, worked on with the T-virus by her father, and he used a clone of, the clone of her is what Alice is, but she's perfect. And it was the clone that ended up accepting the perfect DNA. So what you get at the end of the movie is 
Alice is given all of Alicia makes the executive decision to purge and get rid of everything and destroy the hive and Alice goes out to crack the antivirus but is given all of Alicia's memories so she can still have a life so you get like this little petty like well now she gets to kind of live because Alicia never got to be the woman that Alice is and now you have these memories and they add in at the last minute one of the fucking most annoying stupid little matrix sequences of well no who who's the real clone look at me I'm Dr. Isaacs I'm back again unnecessarily for the fucking ninth time in this goddamn series because nobody knows how to develop an actual villain no one knows how to develop actual characters or a, they or did sense. at one point i or mean at, at the fucking carlos was a decent character tj was a different char- a decent character kmart even was an okay character claire three movies ago had some development same as jill it's just like he fucking i don't know started sniffing glue and decided to just not give a shit about anything anymore what's kind of interesting though is when we do go back to the hive and we do kind of re-experience some of these scenes from the first film. It's like, you keep flashing back to these sorts of things, and I'm like, oh yeah, when times were simpler, and things kind of made sense, and it wasn't this, like, I'm going to use this term that only people over 70 use. Malarkey. Fucking malarkey. There's so much just nonsense in this whole entire series, and then, like, when you do flash back to the the simpler times, it's just like, God, I kind of want to go back to that. Where it just like it kind of made a little bit of sense, and there weren't a thousand different clone ideas and weird religious zealots, and like Wesker's been killed six separate times, but he's still alive. Uh, it's just I don't know, I don't know. It's like never refer to a better film in your terrible film, and by that it's like that's kind of a sad state that Resident Evil in this film is the better film that you're referring to. Of like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a good movie. This is complete shit. This is just absolutely atrocious. This is an act of fucking terrorism. Uh, and I see it as nothing more. Paul W.S. Anderson is a goddamn terrorist. With his presentation of art, he, he truly is attacking all, all your moral senses of what you consider a film to be. He does not give a shit. And bafflingly enough, I wish there were more. I'd watch another five Resident Evil movies. <laughs> You're a fucking asshole. I am. I'm, I'm a fucking... I also apparently must be a terrorist, too. But there's like an Andy Milligan sense of ridiculousness to this entire series to me that I, I just can't think. I can't possibly believe that this man has given 200 fucking million dollars a goddamn movie to make these things, and he uh, is, is pouring out his honest thoughts. I, I just almost think this is an assault, and I, I just can't help but think of guys like Lloyd Kaufman and Andy Milligan when it comes to Paul W.S. Anderson, which might be uh, an absolute insult to him as an artist, but that's just how it comes off to me. This motherfucker just is out there. It's like even Tom Six. This this could even be an equivalent to something like the Human Centipede and, and shit eating because he's just feeding you dumb thing after dumb thing. And what you were touching upon <laughs> is looking back to simpler Human times. Centipede is a good reference for that. It's just like yeah, here, just uh, you know, eat eat some of this uh, this eat some of this shit. Now uh, you're gonna shoot it into his mouth, and you're gonna shoot it into his mouth, and that's like that's what this film series is. Good metaphor, Hank. Part one is the head of the centipede, and part six is the last one getting the remnants of all the other shit. And we are the big dump at the end, I guess, that has led this entire awful parade no, of Resident Evil on. We're the uh, 
we're the dwarf from Human Centipede 2 who's just like whipping our centipede going, come on, shit. Come on, shit for me. I want more. That's not far off. I don't know. It, it just is baffling to me how it, this could could go on for so goddamn long. I really don't understand how the Resident Evil came to be, or the Resident Evil series came to be, because there there are other ridiculous series. Like you've even made reference to uh, the Fast and the Furious, but there's a semblance to telling a story despite it being a very odd attempt. But there is still something to what they're showing you, and and even like the Marvel continuity and. Uh, retconning Spider-Man 30 goddamn times, there's still a semblance of hope that there's going to be a, a story told here. But as you progress into the Resident Evil series and you get to something like Part 6, you really are left like, shit, I miss the weird birds from Part 3 and when she could control fire. Like, that at least they were going somewhere with. Like, they were trying to form something. At this point, I'm left with absolutely nothing. I don't know who's the hero. I don't know who's done the right thing. And then what you present at the end of the movie is just, like, some easy rider bullshit of Alice riding off into the sunset. What the fuck? Where's the hope, man? What You, you gave me six movies. Absolutely no message outside of, well, if you're a clone, uh... uh Fucking fight, I guess. Don't make friends and uh, karate. You know who really, you know who really misses something? The stunt woman who who's missing her arm for getting hurt in this film, and the uh, the other crew member who died filming this terrible, awful fucking movie. Crushed by a Hummer. Yeah, I mean, like this was like a mess all around in a lot of different ways. Not even on a production level, it's a mess. It was just like dangerously shot. And like, I cannot believe someone lost their life making this film. Uh, and it's something that's funny. Like uh, there's these rumors with rollerball that multiple people were killed or maimed and hurt on set. And if anything, Norman Jewison had anxiety attacks and uh, just absolute fear that he was going to hurt somebody the entire time he made the movie. It was uh, arguing with James Caan over to stop. You know, you're 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 too much Jonathan E. You're getting into this too much. You're going to get hurt. And you've got these massive, massive productions like the Resident Evil series. And uh, I I don't know the entire story, but I know a Hummer or a Humvee uh, flipped over on somebody during a safety check. I don't believe it was was part of filming. So it was just still uh, a fault on production. It's a fault that definitely needs to be evaluated. And for what the end production is, what this piece of, you know, uh, art, I guess to say, is, definitely doesn't warrant somebody dying over it because nothing, there's no fucking message. There's no statement. Uh, You can even take something uh, as vain as a zombie movie and it has a message. Day of the Dead has one of the most important messages a film could have. I think it's even stronger and more important than what they try to tell you or what Ramiro tries to tell you in Dawn of the Dead. It's still a horrific zombie film. There's just no reason for the amount of dense bullshit that you are crowded with throughout the entirety of the Resident Evil series. And like it, it just ceased being like anything to do about zombies at all at a certain point because they're just really filler to throw in. It's more just about like what's what what's another interesting creature we can kill? And the the zombies are they're just there to like to pad out the backgrounds more than anything. I mean they're just kind of pointless. And you have loads of actual original intellectual property from the Resident Evil series that you could have used. There are a great deal of pretty terrifying creatures. 
and I had referenced on one of the earlier shows multiple types of viruses viruses that are presented to you in the in the game. That you've got the the G virus, the C virus, the Veronica T virus or T Veronica virus, the progeria virus. There's just so many different mutations and so many different levels of monsters that you have to encounter while you're playing the game. And, you know, one of them is the Las Plagas that is incorporated into the films, but everything is just handled uh, vainly. Everything is handled with uh, a nonchalant ease of, eh, just take it. These zombies are different now. That's fine, but sometimes you gotta give a little bit of meat. You know, you gotta give fucking food to us. I, I want to know why they're a little bit different. If you're gonna reset everything every time, I don't even know who the villains are anymore. And then you get to Resident Evil Five, and you've got the presentation of uh, Wesker being a hero, kind of, sort of. Uh, is he a good guy? What's going on here? There's just no development. You don't bother to give us the tiny bits that you needed to. You just give us these overexpressive, stupid, vain scenes of action that don't develop a goddamn thing. Like, I can't, like, I know there are people who are fans of this series. I just don't understand it. I'm not saying you're stupid, but you, you're going to need to explain it to me. Like, what are you finding enjoyable about this? Because it's, it's just a bunch of shit. It's like, and I don't mean like, you know, it's a bunch of just, it's shit. It's just garbage. It's just like, it's a whole bunch of just different stuff kind of pasted together. And here you go, watch it. What are you enjoying about that? I mean, this action is not even that great. The horror elements are not very great. The acting is universally terrible throughout the entire series. The plot is absolutely terrible. What are you really getting out of these other than just and if the answer is it's just a good popcorn film then you can fuck off because that is not an, there are that is not an better popcorn in films. my eyes uh, there are just so many better popcorn films there's something better you could waste your time with and i, I don't want to end this like massively shitting on the resident evil series but that's kind of what paul ws anderson did he he I understand that there were restraints and limitations put onto this production because of people being hurt and, uh, you know, killed while things were going on. But God damn it, that should have nothing to do when you came to this and, and had a script. That's what you start with. When you go into this, you have to have an idea. You went into this absolutely blind. And there are, you know, plenty of excuses like Videodrome didn't have a finished script when they went into production. But that didn't involve James Woods getting cloned nine times and, uh... I don't know. Uh, I, I can't even figure out a, a way to even fuck that up even more with how bad Resident Evil managed to just twist and turn something so simple. Zombies outbreak. A company is responsible for it. People fight it. That's that's all you had to do. What what is the clones? What is the the weird telekinetic firepower? Where are all these random characters that just disappeared? Why does nothing matter? Nothing just seems to matter. There's no fluency. There's no ideology there's just no give a shit behind any of it and that's what really is disappointing you get to the end of the series and you hope that there's going to be at least something a message some sort of payoff yeah just a message anything what did you have to say about this what did you why did you make this other than eh? <laughs> i think that's that's probably the best way to end this is eh? you made a thing and it went on for 20 years and I guess it's going to continue. I mean, I'm sure a reboot possibly of the video game series, or I mean, it would be bafflingly strange to have a a reimagining, a reboot, a remake of the Resident Evil series that completely featured Alice again. But hey, who fucking knows? Who who really knows how things are going to turn out anymore? I mean, the industry's pretty much shut down. I can fix it. 
I can fix it the way that they fixed the Invisible Man. Just give it to Blumhouse, throw about ten to fifteen million dollars at it, and just make a Resident Evil movie based on the first video game, and you can make profits over profits over profits because you have the name and you didn't spend entirely too much money on creating obnoxious, ugly action scenes, and you just made a kind of a basic, simple horror film. In a perfect society, uh, the perfect idea, Romero would have made this when that was the big rumor in the late 90s, early 2000s, when the first game had come out. And George had gone to Japan, I believe, and had shot a commercial for Resident Evil 2, and that's where a lot of the, the rumors and ideas had started. But instead of making Land of the Dead and Survival of the Dead, it would have been pretty fantastic if Romero had been able to capture It would have been completely different. It would have been slow as fuck, and I would have probably really enjoyed it. He would have handled the source material, I believe, which is very slow. Uh, and I'm not 100% in my Resident Evil history here, but the game was initially going to be a remake of a Japanese film that became a late-era you know, DOS kind of game about uh, like filmmakers go into a haunted house and there's multiple types of ghosts and creatures and spooky-ooky things that challenge them. And it got stuck in production hell throughout the early 90s and eventually came into uh, creation with PlayStation as the, the, the Resident Evil game that we all know and have mostly played. I think most horror fans remember, you know, especially anyone over 30 remembers Resident Evil, remembers the boom and when it came out and uh, the constant influx of games. And it was one of those things that I think culturally brought worlds together that a lot of different horror games started coming out house of the dead and, and shit like that and it it brought these worlds together where you know us homely horror movie nerds sitting in our basements watching films smoking pot instead of going out and doing things connected with the video game crowd and and these worlds collided and it was a lot of explosive fun and when you translated to film you had such an, a great idea of hope because the first movie was like well maybe it could be a prequel you know maybe this is what happened beforehand you included the mansion and then it just spirals utterly out of control to such a hopeless nature that if you were a fan of the game and you wanted even to be considered uh, a part of the audience it's just wasted and gone like there there's no thought from paul ws anderson to the original material here and you know it's just really coming down to him as a writer and director because he's mostly responsible for everything here especially when it comes down to writing it just didn't have consideration you had your own agenda and your own idea and you might as well have just made your own thing instead of continuing uh, in name only but you get money you run with it it happens yeah um I don't know where you can you know, like even say about his career at this point because I don't know what else he could do because I think he's been kind of staggering along. I'm sure he's gonna go on to make an, another dumb action film, but like another he's Resident lost Evil. any sort of like reputation in my book anyway. That he's just like eh, I have no interest in seeing anything you make because you've turned out mostly garbage your entire career. You've had a couple of bright spots, but at this point you've fucked it up and made just a bunch of terrible action crap movies. Looks like he's got a film written and directed called Monster Hunter that is coming out in 2020. It's completed. Hey, can you guess who it stars? Who? Mila Jovovich. Oh, thank God. And Tony Jaa. Thank Christ. Ooh, and T.I. Uh, okay, this is getting weird. Ron Perlman. 
Uh, hold on a second. We're <laughs> this is getting weird. Uh, okay, so this is uh, the new film, uh, Monster Hunter 2020. When Lieutenant Artemis and her loyal soldiers are transported to a new world, they engage in a desperate battle for survival against an enormous enemies with incredible powers. Feature film based on the video game by Capcom. Oh, so somebody actually has a deal with Capcom. Wow. Uh, here's a thought. The Silent uh, Hill series, I, I don't particularly have anything against the movies, but Paul W.S. Anderson could have handled that maybe a little bit better than Resident Evil. Uh, he is such a creative guy, uh, and, you know, and I'm not trying to insult him. He just obviously has so many goddamn concepts and ideas in his head, something like Silent Hill, which is more versed in the paranormal and, and has a whole different concept than something that's bioweapons or zombies, uh, something that could be engineered a virus. I think he might have had, I mean, like, let's look at Event Horizon. He definitely would have a lot more fluency with uh, a paranormal-based thing because there's just a lot more creativity that I think would help and be beneficial to him. Because I don't want to say he's a bad director or a bad artist. I mean, I, I think that's a cop-out and a shitty way to end this. And uh, by all means... I enjoyed this. I, <laughs> it's it's the it's it's a hard. Way, I don't know. I can't say I enjoyed it, but I had fun with it. I did enjoy it. Okay, so yeah, I had fun and I enjoyed it. And will I ever go back and watch them again? Probably not, unless we do a commentary. That, I mean, that's the only possibility. If you want to listen to us just like rip and make fun of a movie, that <laughs> it's probably coming in the sometime in the near future. Yeah, I mean, we're giving you quarantine content. We're trying to do something progressive in a time where you need to ignore this uh, automated message from the government, buy, consume, repeat. Don't feed into they live. You, you don't need to go back to work. Your health, your family's health, the health of everyone matters much more than Wall Street. Don't buy in. Don't let it affect your thoughts. We can come back and happily fucking riff through all of them. It doesn't matter. We'll pick a random one, Resident Evil. We're here. We're trying. You should, too. Just stay home. Watch all the Resident Evil movies. And when you get done with that, watch Doom Annihilation. <laughs> Very similar. All right. I guess that should wrap it up. Yeah, the ashtray is full. The bottle is empty. Please stay at home. Wash your hands. Just think of other people. Don't just think about yourself. Don't be Paul W.S. Anderson and think you're going to get cloned. I don't know. Bad outro. <sighs> At least the Rollerball episode was good. Good night.
Portions of today's programming have been mechanically reproduced. The management and the staff wish you a pleasant good night and good morning. <laughs>